Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake, and thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. And I want to look at Brooklyn and the Nets. I want to look at Los Angeles and the Lakers and how their off-seasons are kind of making for a very interesting uh, future and how a lot of NBA teams could model what they've done moving forward. And um, we can look at uh, them as the examples of championship teams built from um, within as well as from the outside. So let's get started. So one of the things that I'd like to start off with that made Brooklyn and the Lakers so good this offseason is they signed a bunch of veterans and they signed a bunch of veterans to cheap contracts and guys who are some reclamation projects, some are just great players who are older and aren't worth as much. So with the Brooklyn Nets, we'll start with them. They added in free agency, the trades, the draft, etc. LaMarcus Aldridge and Paul Millsap, they re-signed, uh, I guess, LaMarcus Aldridge. He came to Brooklyn, retired, came out of retirement. Paul Millsap signed there. Blake Griffin's back. DeAndre Bembry, uh, they added James Johnson, Patty Mills, Javon Carter from the Suns via a trade. They added in Cameron Thomas, Dayron Sharp in the first round, Kessler Edwards, Marcus Zagorowski, Raekwon Gray in the second round of the draft, and David Duke Jr. as a free agency rookie signing as well. Um, And when you look at what they did and you look at their team in the simplest terms, the Brooklyn Nets got a lot better adding in a bunch of veterans to a team that had Three great veterans on their own. And you have three superstars in Kyrie, Durant, and James Harden, all of which are good players. Yes, they get hurt, and there's the issues there. But they're adding so many veterans into this group that if they are hurt, there are so many great players to go along with it. You added Joe Harris. Um, He was with your team. He resigned. Uh, He's there for three years now. You traded away DeAndre Jordan to get Sayukum Demboya, and uh, I think they added also uh, Jaleel Okafor. And they traded those guys to um, Detroit with some... Uh, or they traded them from Detroit with DeAndre Jordan going to Detroit. And then for draft picks. Um, and so you, you know, had Nicholas Claxton, who's not the worst player in the world. You have Bruce Brown, who came back on a one-year deal. Like I said, Patty Mills joined in the fold for the mid-level exception. You have, you know, your superstars. You got a bunch of these younger players coming in this year's draft. You have a bunch of other guys who are kind of fitting in where they fit in. Javon Carter is sort of a backup point guard with Patty Mills. And you have James Johnson, who's a good wing. Um, and so Brooklyn is is doing something right. And their team is just looking, looking a lot better, I, I must say. And then we go to the Lakers, where... The Lakers did something very similar, and if you look at what they did, we have a ton of moves, big moves. They have Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Reza, Kent Bazemore, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, Rajon Rondo, Russell Westbrook was traded from the Wizards, and DeAndre Jordan fills out the roster. So the players that they ended up losing, KCP traded to the Wizards, Montrezl Harrell, Kuzma traded to the Wizards, Caruso is with the Bulls. Drummond's with the Sixers. Ben McLemore is with the Blazers. Alfonso McKinney's gone. 
Markeith uh, Morris is with the Heat. Dennis Schroeder is with the Celtics. So you look at the Lakers. They added in a bunch of great role players to an already great team. And they added a third star. And yes, Anthony Davis, LeBron, Russell Westbrook cannot shoot. But they're all great. And the guys they added can shoot. Carmelo can shoot. Trevor Reza can shoot. Kent Bazemore can shoot. Wayne Ellington can shoot. Malik Monk can shoot. Kendrick Nunn can shoot. So the fact of the matter is, yes, Russell Westbrook, LeBron, and Anthony Davis can do everything else. They're not great shooters. You have guys in here who can do that, which is perfect. So the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers added in players who are veterans, who maybe some of them could have taken more money. Kendrick Nunn probably could have. Malik Monk probably could have. There are guys out there who could have gotten maybe a little bit more money. Maybe not. But they came to Los Angeles and Brooklyn because they wanted to win, right? They wanted to win. They wanted to have a championship. And if you have three stars, it seems like today's NBA is three stars and a bunch of role players who are making mid-level exceptions and they're making, you know, cheap contracts, rookie contracts. They're making, you know, the you know veteran minimum. And they're coming in here to win a championship. And the last two or three years for the Lakers have been solely LeBron, AD, and those guys. Now they got Westbrook in there as well. And Brooklyn has their three stars. They were able to keep Joe Harris because he was bird rights because he was there before. So they re-signed him. They have a boatload of veterans coming in. You have Blake Griffin and you have now Jaleel Okafor, who's not the greatest, but he'll be a good center joining in the fold. You have now Paul Millsap. You have LaMarcus Aldridge. And that's just the big man position right there. Plus you have a bunch of other role players who fit in at the guards and forwards. And so one of the things about having these guys, these veterans, these, you know, NBA players who have experience is you can plug them in and you can play and they can be very, very good players and they can have success even if your big time guys aren't there anymore. So if LeBron is hurt for a while or if KD is hurt, you're not kind of screwed because you have guys who can do that. And so because they were so good and because of the players they had, all these veterans wanted to come to the Lakers, and they wanted to come to Brooklyn for that reason, right? And so as a fan of, you know, basketball, this is something that a lot of teams out there have to kind of take from the playbook and say, yeah, you know, this is a good situation. Let's check it out. Let's see see what happens. Uh, you know, these guys are good. They're veterans. They're coming here. Great. You know, this is sort of, you know, at least in my opinion, kind of where NBA basketball is going with these very, very good superstar level teams, you know, that have so many veterans and they have their stars, right? So if you're a team in the NBA, that's seemingly where you want to go. Um, if you want to have, you know, a good team and you want to compete like the Lakers are trying to do in like Brooklyn, and so they had a great offseason, and they didn't add, I mean, in the case of the Lakers, they added Westbrook, but Brooklyn didn't add a huge, huge name. Patty Mills is a well-known, recognizable face. Obviously, some of the veterans joining in, Paul Millsap, etc., are recognizable faces. But in terms of, you know, what the players they have, they're all veterans. They're all guys who kind of just fit where they fit. And so I like kind of what they did. I like what Brooklyn did here. I like what the Lakers did for that reason. And so if you're a team like the Celtics who are kind of in this 
what are we going to do situation? Do we keep, you know, our trajectory? Do we get a third star? You know, I think for the Celtics and some of these other teams out there, they have to take a playbook from the Lakers and the Nets. And the thing is, they need three stars, and then you can fill in your roster with these great veterans because I don't think any of these veterans would have come to Los Angeles if it was LeBron James, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and the young guys. And I don't think Brooklyn, if they just had Kyrie or they just had Durant, I don't think any of those guys would really come. If they had Kyrie, Durant, Karius LeVert, you know, Jared Allen, etc., maybe they wouldn't have come. And they would have kind of been like, yeah, this isn't our spot. But now you have three superstars, you've got a great team surrounding you, you can say, hey, we have the big pieces, come fill in the cracks. And a lot of these veterans, they do certain things, and they do certain things well, right? Ken Bazemore can shoot three-pointers. You put him in the game, he can shoot three-pointers. He's not going to give you too much else on offense. He's not going to give you a ton on defense. But these are all moves you make to fill certain roles, right? You have your superstars, and then you have guys who do the rest, right? In the case of Brooklyn, they need someone like a Blake Griffin who can kind of rebound, and someone who can kind of maybe stretch his range a little bit, you know, if he wants to. Paul Millsap, same thing, rebound. can stretch his range a little bit. Marcus Aldridge, same thing. So these guys are kind of stretch bigs in a sense because all of them kind of can shoot twos. They're older, but still can, you know, shoot the two and rebound and kind of do that sort of thing. And so for, you know, all these other teams out there, that are kind of considering, oh, do we go for a third star? Do we not? You have to kind of go for a third star because one of the benefits is these veterans will come and play for your team because these are guys who have, you know, that experience and they want to play here. Obviously, LeBron James is a big name. And for Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Reza, and a bunch of these other guys, they probably just want to play with LeBron. But, you know, they're big names. And these are things that you got to think about, you know, if you have Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, I think players want to come and see that, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are great, but you need a third star, and so for a lot of teams out there, and I look at the Celtics because there's this sort of third star dynamic that could take place, but there's a lot of fans, at least Celtics fans, who are kind of against that because they'd rather have mediocrity of Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, whatever role players, the young guys, and I think the young guys could do something, but you need a third star, and then you can have veterans that fill in and whatever young guys are left over, and, you know, that's how you're going to win, right? The Celtics have been going through the Eastern Conference Finals. They've missed the playoffs. They came back. They've had success. They've never gotten over that Eastern Conference Finals hurdle, and unfortunately, they're not going to get over that hurdle if it's just Tatum and Brown, and everything we've seen in this sort of championship run it's two stars. You had Tatum and you had Brown, right? Kyrie was hurt, so they really didn't do too much there. You had Hayward who was hurt, didn't do too much there. Kemba got hurt last year and he was kind of on and off, didn't do too much there. So there are a lot of people are saying, oh yeah, well the Celtics, they got two stars um, and they shouldn't get a third because they got Smart and Robert Williams, whatever. They've always had two stars. The third star, whether that's Kyrie, Kemba, Gordon Hayward, etc., was hurt, so they didn't get a chance to use the third star. In today's NBA, you need three stars. Golden State had three stars. Miami, with LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, had three stars. The Celtics, with KG, Pierce, and uh, Ray Allen, had three stars. The Celtics, in 2008, built their team around role players, guys who fit, guys who filled in. That's what LeBron did. That's what Golden State did. So, 
if you're a team like Boston who's considering a third star, you have to go for it because Brooklyn and the Lakers are perfect examples. Now, I don't know if Brooklyn's going to win a championship. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know if the Lakers will win a championship. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But they're setting themselves up to be one of the best teams in the Western Conference because they have a ton of good role players, a ton of value players, guys on veteran minimums who are just going to fill in and make good plays, going to do some good stuff, and they're going to win. And so if you're a team out there who has two stars and you're looking for a third one, then you're going to have to make that decision. And that sort of segues into sort of our next conversation, which is looking at Damian Lillard and looking at Bradley Beal. Now, it's been all quiet on the Damian Lillard front. It's been all quiet on the Bradley Beal front. And for Dame and for Bradley Beal, these are the two biggest names at the moment who are potentially going to be at some point available. I don't know if they will be, but there is a chance that one or both of these guys could ask out in the near future. And both of those guys are the only real options who could, because if you look at sort of the other potential players who could opt out, I don't think Carl Anthony Towns is going to be one of those. don't really think that um, there's another option that um, really uh, could work. So those two guys could potentially get, at some point, um, moved. Because I think if they say they want out, they want out. Now, the thing is, for those guys, I don't know where they would go. And I don't know what the offers would be. And I think if they were available, every team that had enough room and enough players would try and go after these guys. So let's start with Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard hasn't given any iota of information when it comes to if he's leaving or if he's staying, right? Yeah, he might decide, I don't want to be here, but for the moment, he is committed. C.J. McCollum knows he's committed, and he's even said, for the moment, I'm staying in Portland. Something along those lines, I'm paraphrasing. But in my opinion, in my words, I don't see him leaving right now. I don't think he is someone who is going to get traded right now because Portland, and we'll talk about Bradley Beal afterwards in Washington, have no desire to trade these guys unless they physically say they don't want to be here. And until that comes, you're not going to hear anything, you're not going to see anything. And so Damian Lillard is going to have to initiate on his own if he ever wants to leave Portland. Because it's not going to happen, at least um, on the other side of of things with um, you know uh, the situation involving um, the teams actually saying, you know what, we're going to get rid of these guys, it's going to have to be the players. And so... Damian Lillard, for the moment, is sticking around. And if Damian Lillard gets traded, there's something that I have to kind of talk about. And this also can apply to Bradley Beal, is are the Portland Trailblazers, if they trade Damian Lillard, going to want to rebuild? As much as, you know, Golden State has a great package if they throw Weissman and Kamunga and whatever, are the Portland Trailblazers going to want an offer that's focused on young guys and draft picks? Probably not, because Weissman, give him a few years, he'll be great. Kamunga, give him a few years, he could be great. Moses Moody, same thing. Are the Golden State package something that these teams are going to want? Probably not, just because they're not going to want to rebuild. Why are they going to want to rebuild when they could just retool and get a better player, right? And I think, and this is just my opinion, Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard haven't even been considered in any trades yet. 
because one of the players who they would 100% be interested in, Jalen Brown, is not on the table. Because Jalen Brown, in all reality, is 25, 24-25, great shooter, great scorer, great defense, all-star, future bright as anyone, and unlike Ben Simmons, can actually shoot the basketball and does a pretty good job of it. So the fact that he's not on the market and teams are probably interested, but he's just not available. And so Damian Lillard could get traded sometime down the road if Jalen Brown becomes available, but I don't see Portland going after someone like a James Weissman or a Kamunga because they don't want to rebuild. They probably want to just retool. You got Norm Powell, you got CJ, you need pieces, right? And you have to figure there's only a handful of places where Damian Lillard would actually want to play. And, you know, obviously New York is one of those. Philly might be one of those. Boston might be one of those. Miami. But you have to also put in what Portland wants and what actually um, is a good value and what Damian Lillard wants. Now, granted, in all seriousness, if Sacramento offered a great package, they could trade Damian Lillard to Sacramento. And he has no say in whatsoever. And he's under contract, so there's nothing they can do and nothing he can do. If he goes there, he goes there. Obviously, you want to make him happy, but at this point, you shouldn't care, right? And you probably don't need to care. And so for the, um, you know, Damian Lillard situation, you know, he's probably not going to get moved unless he physically says, I want out, which that's probably not coming anytime soon. Now, for Bradley Beal, it's the same situation, obviously a little bit different because he can be a free agent next year. And so he, you know, is someone that Washington, unlike Portland, has to kind of consider their options. And once the trade deadline comes, they have to really consider if he's going to be part of their long term. Because, yes, Bradley Beal can say, oh, I like it here. I'm staying here. And then next offseason, just say, boop, I'm gone. Here's uh, the last year of my contract. I'm ripping that up. I'm going somewhere in free agency. And he could say, okay, see you later. I'm going to Miami. I'm going to Dallas. I'm going wherever, right? And so in the back of Washington's mind, they have to consider that maybe they should move on from him, even though they probably don't want to because they want to get something out of it rather than nothing. And so Portland doesn't have to move Damian Lillard unless they want to. Washington might have to make that decision because if a bunch of articles come out, whether they're all BS or not, and their article is saying, oh, Bradley Beal's considering free agency, he's going to go somewhere else. Obviously, they're kind of nervous. They're like, what do we do? What do we do? Obviously, they're going to make a decision, and they might have to move on from him. So Bradley Beal, I think, is a little bit more of someone that uh, could get moved over Damian Lillard just because he's a potentially one-year contract. And also, you still have all the cards um, in your hand at this moment. If come, you know, after the deadline, Bradley Beal's like, you know what, I'm done. Like, your, your leeway and your leverage and your power is, is over. So Bradley Beal could say, hey, I'm leaving. I'm going somewhere else at that point. Or he could be like, hey, I want to go to Boston. And I'll give you guys a break and help you out a little bit because Boston doesn't have enough money. You're going to take on Al Horford and take on draft picks and some young guys. And Boston, who might not have the best package if Jalen Brown isn't involved, now has a much lucrative package because it's better than getting nothing, right? And I guess if you're Washington, you could say, okay, Bradley Beal's leaving. Why would I want to just take players? I'd rather let him walk. But maybe for Washington, getting like two or three first-round picks, maybe getting Romeo Langford and Al Horford's contract, which expires, is better than just letting him walk to another team. 
and getting nothing in return. So in the case of Bradley Beal, he is someone that they're going to have to watch out for a lot more so, and I think teams are going to have to watch out for as well because there is a really good chance that down the line Bradley Beal is a free agent or says he wants to leave. And so the Wizards might have to trade him at the deadline, whether they want to or not, because they know that he could leave and they have to get something out of it rather than nothing because there are a lot of free agents who just leave and they're like, see you later, and you're kind of screwed. Granted, we've seen a lot more sign-in trades, which is a much more interesting situation, but, um, you know, I think there's a good chance that he leaves potentially, and, you know, that's where we go. I don't think Ben Simmons is going to be an option because I don't think Ben Simmons has as much value as teams want, uh, and I think Philly kind of is in this tough spot because, yeah, we'll trade him for uh, Bradley Beal, but he's not a shooter, and they probably don't want that. Uh, so, mm, not the greatest choice if teams are interested. So, Philly might be a rock and a hard place because either their packages are just way too high. Oh, I think uh, Ben Simmons is worth this. Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, etc. And maybe these other teams are like, nah, you're kind of more on this level, which is a lot less. And that's why I don't think he'll get traded. And so, I don't think Portland's going to want uh, a Damian Lillard, uh, Ben Simmons swap. Nor do I think the Wizards would want a... Uh, Ben Simmons, uh, Bradley Beal swap to take place because Bradley Beal's great, a shooter, a scorer. You have Spencer Dinwiddle, who's a point guard anyways, so you don't really need Ben Simmons as much. I just don't see Ben Simmons having that value for those guys. I think, as I said before, Jalen Brown's not on the table, but if he was, you'd have both Washington and um, Portland on the phone calling the Celtics to see if he is available. In the case of Damian Lillard, I would actually consider trading uh, Jalen Brown away. I know a lot of Celtics fans wouldn't, but maybe he's the step you need. In terms of Bradley Beal, I wouldn't because I think you can just wait and he could say, okay, I'm going there in free agency anyways, at least sign and trade-wise. And then the Celtics can be like, we'll give you you know, whatever salaries to match it and go from there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know where those guys are going, but right now I think they're sticking around at least uh, in my opinion.